Whitehall Glens Falls. It's 8 o'clock. Good morning. This is Northern Light for Tuesday, January 23rd. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. A new poll from Santa College shows Joe Biden's lead over Donald Trump in New York is waning. A Republican has not carried the presidential race in New York in 40 years. The fact that Joe Biden is only up by nine points now has to be concerning to all Democrats in New York who are going to have to run with him as their standard bearer. Starting later this year, it'll be illegal in New York to hunt rabbits, squirrels, coyotes, and other animals in a tournament. We'll pay a visit to one of the last contests in Norfolk Rod and Gun Club. I like to go out there and just bring my gun and see what I can find out there. So then Dad'll let me have a scope while I go out. It's like a scope, telescope kind of, just smaller. And then you can see far away, like up in the tree or something. And astronomer Eileen O'Donohue guides us through what to look for in the morning and evening skies. All of that is coming up on Northern Light. Stick with us. Broadcast of Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio is supported by Long Run Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor in Lake Placid, providing comprehensive wealth management, retirement, financial planning solutions, longrunwealth.com, and by Fisher, Bissett, Muldowney, and McArdle, attorneys and counselors at law, with offices in Malone, Tupper Lake, and Saranac Lake, 800-941-5001. This is Northern Light. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. Closing arguments are scheduled to begin today for the trial of a man who allegedly shot and killed a woman in his driveway in Washington County last spring. 66-year-old Kevin Monahan is facing a second-degree murder charge for the death of 20-year-old Kaylin Gillis. She and some friends mistakenly drove down Monahan's driveway last April. On the night of the shooting, he lied to police, originally claiming to be asleep when the shooting occurred. In court last week, he admitted he didn't tell the truth on the night of the shooting, but is maintaining his innocence. Monaghan said he fired one warning shot and then tripped and fell, which is when he says says the deadly shot was fired. Closing arguments are scheduled to begin in the Washington County Courthouse today. New York is getting nearly $230 million in federal funding to expand broadband in rural and underserved areas. Thousands of people around the state still lack adequate access to high-speed Internet, including many in the North Country. In a press release, Senator Chuck Schumer said the money is meant to help install the last mile of broadband infrastructure, a gap that faces the most rural New Yorkers. Broadband providers have said in the past that it's not financially viable to connect its most rural customers, so public funding has been seen as a necessity to close the digital divide in New York. The state recently completed a $10 million pilot program to connect 3,000 homes to high-speed Internet in four communities, including the town of Diana in Lewis County and the town of Pitcairn in St. Lawrence County. New York has a new law that bans certain hunting competitions. 
Starting later this year, it'll be illegal to hunt rabbits, squirrels, coyotes, and other animals in a tournament. Popular game animals like deer, bears, and turkeys are exempt. The law seems to be pretty unpopular in the North Country, and the results of of an informal online poll from North Country Now, 73% said they opposed it. Lucy Grindon went to a rabbit and squirrel hunt and has our story. Just inside the door of the Norfolk Rod and Gun Club, Caitlin Leah is copying names onto raffle tickets. Whoever got a rabbit or a squirrel gets their name entered into the drawing for any of the top prizes. About 100 people are here for today's rabbit and squirrel hunt, including a couple dozen kids. But this is the last time the club will be able to host a competition like this. The new state law will prohibit some, but not all, hunting derbies. The exceptions are contests for white-tailed deer, turkeys, bears, and fish. Those are all regulated already. Today's derby in Norfolk is in memory of Herb Moore, a hunter-ed instructor from DeGrasse who died of cancer last year. He always wanted to organize a squirrel hunt. He just loved to be outdoors and he loved to get kids involved. His widow, Bonnie Moore, says small game derbies can be a first step for young hunters. I think it's a very big starting point. If we could continue this, I think it would be great. All kinds of different hunting competitions happen around the country, except in the nine other states that already limit them. Some competitions award prizes for the largest animal, or for the most animals. Others, like this one, enter people in a raffle if they can shoot just one animal. 12-year-old Gabby Haggett shot a squirrel today. It's like a big relief that you got something. Everyone's been out hunting all day, so there's a sweaty, woodsy smell mixed with a bit of metal and gun smoke. Prizes lie on a folding table. A ladder stand, a gift card for a bale of alfalfa to attract deer. Top prize for an adult with a rabbit is $150 cash. Now we'll go to Youth Squirrel. Uh, Gabby Haggett. Woo, Gabby! Gabby Haggett. Gabby Haggett wins a scope. She says she'll take it out with her into the woods around her family's farm. I like to go out there and just bring my gun and see what I can find out there. So then Dad will let me have a scope while I go out. It's like a scope, telescope kind of, just smaller. And then you can see far away, like up in the tree or something. But these are the last prizes the club will ever give out at a rabbit and squirrel derby. And everyone here knows it. Unfortunately, with our illustrious governor, this is probably going to be the last event like this we're able to do. That's Adam Wilson, busy running the raffle. A press release from the governor's office says the new law will protect wildlife while preserving hunting and fishing traditions. State Assembly member Deborah Glick sponsored the law. These contests in a concentrated period result in the wasteful slaughter of large numbers of a particular species in an area. Glick says it's the state's responsibility to preserve natural resources, including wildlife. The governor's press release said the law will stop the killing of significant numbers of animals, often coyotes, crows, squirrels, and rabbits. Glick stressed that the law will not ban normal hunting of those animals. Nothing in this bill prevents people from hunting under the regulations from the Department of Environmental Conservation. And so for those who uh, augment their family's food supply, nothing in this prevents that. 
As for introducing kids to hunting, Glick pointed out that as of last year, New Yorkers as young as 12 can get hunting licenses and learn. Jason Collar is president of the Norfolk Rod and Gun Club. The rabbit hunt for our club was one of our major fundraisers a year. Collar says the entry fees help keep the lights on, so the club can offer programs like kids' archery, which costs $10 to join and then $5 a night. He says the new law will force lots of hunting clubs to find other fundraisers. We're going to adapt and overcome uh, different legislations and then follow all the rules we're supposed to. Collar's not in favor of the law, but he says he understands why it was made and that its goal is conservation. He says competitions may entice people to kill animals they wouldn't have otherwise. Do I think there's going to be wasteful killing? If you go out to your back bird feeder in a back road and you decide to kill that squirrel to come in and get a prize, sure. Would you have left the squirrel alone? Probably. But most of the time, he says, hunters don't waste animals. They're generally going to find some way to put that game into a crock pot or in a frying pan. So it's not wasteful. A lot of these guys are going to be hunting anyway. Just not all at once anymore, and not for prizes. The new law takes effect in November. Lucy Grindon, North Country Public Radio, Norfolk. Listening to Northern Lights right here on North Country Public Radio. Good morning. It's coming up on 810. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandresky. Just ahead, we'll check in with astronomer Eileen O'Donohue about what to look for in the morning and evening skies. That conversation in just a few minutes here on Northern Light. Jazz Trio out of Plattsburgh. Northern Light is supported by Adirondack Foundation, connecting generous donors with the causes they care about in the places they love today, tomorrow, and always. More at adirondackfoundation.org. And citizen advocates enabling people with developmental disabilities to leave meaningful, self-chosen, and safe lives since 1975. Online at citizenadvocates.net. from central New York was found dead after his truck broke through the ice on the St. Lawrence River over the weekend. According to the Watertown Daily Times, the 49-year-old man drove onto the ice Saturday night in Clayton. His truck was reported on Sunday morning and a team of state police drivers pulled his body from the river. According to the paper, an investigation is ongoing. The police say they don't suspect foul play. Late last week, an ATV and trailer also went through the ice on the St. Lawrence River. The town of Clayton is warning people not to trust the ice, particularly in bays of Lake Ontario and the St. Lawrence River, despite the recent cold temperatures. 
Three new commemorative U.S. coins are coming out to celebrate 200 years since the birth of Harriet Tubman. She escaped slavery and led an abolitionist movement, ultimately helping hundreds of enslaved people reach freedom. As WRVO's Ava Pukach reports, proceeds from the sales could bring millions of dollars to the Harriet Tubman home in central New York. The silver dollar coin shows Tubman's role as the conductor of the Underground Railroad, with the back side of the coin showing silhouettes crossing a bridge made of clasping hands as the North Star guides them to freedom. The half-dollar coin depicts Tubman's time serving in the Union Army during the Civil War, where she was the first woman to lead an expedition. And the $5 gold coin depicts Tubman's life living as a free woman for 54 years in Auburn, New York. Karen V. Hill is president and CEO of Harriet Tubman Home Incorporated. She says seeing Tubman on a coin was a, quote, moment for the ages. It allows us to further share Tubman's history in a way that would have taken us years otherwise, because everybody will have, will have uh, the opportunity to purchase a coin and to have it you know, ownership of that coin and passed down to future generations. Surcharges from the sale of the coin will be paid equally to Harriet Tubman Home Incorporated and National Underground Railroad Freedom Center. If all coins sell, each organization would receive $4.75 million. In Syracuse, I'm Ava Pukach for the New York Public News Network. A new Siena College poll finds that Governor Kathy Hochul has her highest numbers in nearly a year, while President Joe Biden's popularity and performance ranking falls to a new low in blue New York. Karen DeWitt has the details. The poll offers a mixed bag for Hochul, who's been in office for two and a half years. Her job performance rating is above 50 percent, and more people view her favorably than unfavorably. But Siena's Steve Greenberg says New Yorkers don't have a lot of faith in the governor's abilities to tackle major problems that she's identified facing the state, including addressing the affordable housing crisis, improving public safety, and making New York the AI capital of the world. We also asked about five of the issues that she has made part of her mainstay in in her governorship. And she's talked a lot about it over the last two years and a lot over the last few weeks as part of her State of the State tour. And on all five of those issues, a plurality or majority of voters do not think she will make progress this year on those issues. The poll also gives a first look in 2024 at where New Yorkers stand on the presidential race. In a state that has twice as many registered Democrats as Republicans, President Joe Biden's favorability rating is underwater, with 53 percent viewing him negatively compared to 43 percent who give him a positive ranking. While 70 percent of Democrats still back Biden and nearly 90 percent of Republicans don't like him. The key group of independent voters who actually outnumber Republicans in the state also dislike Biden. 71 percent of independents view him favorably and fully three quarters disapprove of his job performance. When it comes to the likely Republican nominee, former President Donald Trump has solidified his base with three quarters of GOP voters in New York saying they want to see Trump become president again. 
Biden still leads Trump 46 to 37 percent, but Greenberg says that has to be worrisome for Democrats in the state. A Republican has not carried the presidential race in New York in 40 years, four decades since Ronald Reagan won re-election back in 1984. The fact that Joe Biden is only up by nine points now has to be concerning to the Biden camp, to all Democrats in New York who are going to have to run with him as their standard bearer. While the governor's seat is not up for election for two more years, all of the 212 state legislative posts hold contests in November, as well as the state's 26 seats in the U.S. House of Representatives. Incumbent U.S. Senator Kirsten Gillibrand is also seeking re-election. Several of the congressional races are expected to be close, and Democrats are seeking to take back four seats that flipped Republican in 2022. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt for the New York Public News Network. You're listening to Northern Light right here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Todd Moe. And I'm Monica Sandreski. In just a minute, we're losing precious dark. We'll hear more from astronomer Eileen O'Donohue in just a minute. Then stick around after the show for Bird Note. We'll meet the ducks with bright pink bills that whistle. That's coming up at 842. But first, uh, Todd has a look at the weather for us. Clouds and some snow showers uh, today, tonight, tomorrow, and then maybe some freezing rain. Wednesday night into Thursday, so uh, tomorrow's morning commute, probably Thursday's uh, morning commute, going to be kind of slippery with some fresh snow tomorrow and then maybe some freezing rain on the roads Thursday morning. Uh, Today, as I say, clouds, light snow, highs around 30. This afternoon, lows in the teens, near 20 overnight tonight. And a winter weather advisory, according to the National Weather Service, in effect from 7 p.m. tonight through 7 a.m. Thursday. That includes all of northern New York and the state of Vermont. Right now in Canton, uh, we have clouds and 29 degrees. And uh, what are we, about 10 days away from... The start of spring. According to the Celts. According to the Celts. <laughs> right, yeah. It's all about the light. It is. Yes, it is. yes. And I don't know if others are noticing, but I am noticing that, man, it's getting light quickly. We're actually, for those of you who love the light, you're gaining more than two minutes of daylight per day. And so it is zooming. By February 1st, we'll be gaining two and a half minutes. March 1st, you'll gain three minutes per day. And so all of you who dislike the dark should be just thriving. I was going to say gaining gaining light, losing dark. Yes, losing dark. I know. It's terrible. You can feel it, though. It really, this is when the change gets rapid. And that's why the Celts, they celebrated the beginnings of their seasons on the halfway days between the solstices and Mm -hmm. equinoxes. So that's why February 1st is Imolk. So that's when we'll... Uh, celebrate the first day of spring, and I go with that. You know, I have a Celtic heritage; mm-hmm. I can do that. And <clears throat> what we say, the beginnings and ends of the seasons are, is purely cultural. 
mean, I mean, astronomy does its thing, and, but we define seasons. So, uh, yeah, and so that, the light is changing, so get out and look at the dark while you can. And then, even in, it, it, in at night, it's the full moon on Thursday. Yes, taking a look at the evening sky, you said it's on the... I see your notes here on the summer's path. The yeah, full moon. yeah. The, the full moon is close to the path that the summer sun has. So that's why when we think of moonlit winter nights, we think mm-hmm. of that high bright moon. Mm-hmm. That's why, because the full moon is where the summer sun is. And it's uh-huh. high and it's bright. And so, yeah, if, you know, we uh, have some weather where you can go out and ski in the moonlight, of course, it's going to be cloudy and freezing great. But <laughs> we can dream. And so in the evening sky, Saturn is still there. Jupiter is still there. On those clear nights. It has been so bright. It is so bright. You can practically read by it. And it's creeping closer to Uranus. And so once they're within about eight degrees, then with binoculars, you can get them into the same field of view. So once it uh, gets that close, I think... um, yeah, I can't remember what uh, date. Oh, did I write it down? Yeah, after about March 3rd. They'll be close enough that if you put Jupiter in the right-hand side of your field of view, you might be able to spot Uranus. You can actually see that planet uh, with the unaided eye. You don't mm-hmm. need mm-hmm. binoculars, and I have seen it, but you need a guide as to where it is because it's right at the edge of uh, being visible. Some friends and I recently, uh, it was a clear night and uh, here in Canton, and one friend had, a, 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 I think it was more like maybe feel, like a field scope or something, but pointed it up at Jupiter and we could see some of the moons. Oh, too. yes, yes. very clear. Good binoculars, you can yeah. see the moons. Yeah, it was very yes, cool. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's it's awesome to see them. And they're... You know, they're so still, and it always looks fake. When I show students, you know... <laughs> Why aren't they moving? Jupiter, <laughs> Jupiter and, and Saturn, they, and, uh, they, they think it looks fake. Particularly Saturn yeah, with, the, yeah. with the rings, you know? Mm-hmm. And little kids will actually go around to the other side of the telescope and look for the picture. Oh, yeah. Because they, they're so convinced it's, yeah. it's fake. So, yeah, so those are nice. In the morning sky, Venus is high and bright. Yesterday, I was driving to work at 7 o'clock, and I looked down Park Street, and there was Venus hanging in the sky. Your beacon. Yes, yes, very pretty. So there's some nice stuff. Uh, Mars and Mercury are lurking behind the sun, kind of. They're in Sagittarius. They rise a little bit before the sun, but they're really lost in the glare. And uh, so that's, and then, of course, the starry sky. The winter constellations. Ah, oh, they're fabulous. Doing their thing. They? Mother Orion and Gemini <laughs> and the whole gang is out there. It's it's just a lovely, lovely time of year. And uh, the summer triangle in the morning sky. In the morning sky. Those of you who like summer better, the summer triangle is... <laughs> is rising in the morning so you can see those stars and they'll gradually by July be start getting into the evening. So the seasons are always, you know, it's always changing. And it can feel like it just gets stuck, but it really doesn't. And particularly if you can pay attention to the light and mm. and some of the motions of the planets. It's like, oh, geez, look where that is now. Yeah. So you can see real changes. I love the fact that the full moon, we've got the the wolf moon, I believe Jan- January's moon is the wolf moon. And it it draws people out because you hear people talk about 
skiing under the full moon yeah. and full moon hi- winter hikes. Yes, and, uh, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, because it's, it's so high and bright yeah. and it illuminates, particularly with the reflective snow, it illuminates the landscape and in such different colors, you know, a, a more subtle color. I think I think it's a, magical. It's blue yeah. for me. Yeah, it's bluish, grayish. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it called the Wolf Moon? I didn't know. Well, that. there are a variety yeah. of names. Um, yeah. I think it might be. Uh, usually, they're named after animals. There's a there's a, a sturgeon moon and the deer moon hmm. and the hunter's moon and uh, crow the, moon. Yeah, crow <laughs> moon and uh, yeah, they they're the indigenous names mm-hmm. for the, for the full moon. Yeah, we moon. have the buck yeah, moon in July. Moon, yeah. so. mm, gotcha. January is the wolf moon. And just in the last, uh, I think it was about a month ago. Oh, it was for the NC- the holiday party, which you couldn't come to, Eileen. I haven't forgotten. All but, right. <laughs> but when everybody was out, a few of us, uh, Emily Russell, I think uh, Kara might have been out there too. We all went outside to look at uh, the meteor shower. Was that uh-huh. the Perseid meteor shower we no, were looking at? No, Perseid is in August. That okay. Was, I think it was yeah. the Geminids. Okay, gotcha. In, in December, so. Gotcha. Yes, yes. But there are, I have to admit, I don't get that excited about meteor showers <laughs> sure. because every time you go out to, to view the stars, you will see some meteors. And or some satellites. Lots of satellites, <laughs> always the satellites. But, you know, every time I'm out, I see meteors. And I, I have to admit, I've never been in a real intense shower. Mm. I mean, I've gone out to watch the Perseids where you see uh, meteors a little more frequently, but there are records of some very intense meteor showers. I've never gotten to see one of those, but maybe, maybe. <laughs> okay, so this week, it, maybe if the weather cooperates, we'll see some breaks in the clouds and we'll get a nice bright full moon, right? Bright full moon on Thursday. Uh, you'll be able to see Jupiter even with the full moon. <clears throat> And so that's worth looking at. Saturn, we're going to be losing Saturn behind the sun because Earth is racing ahead of it. Uh So we're leaving it on the far side of the racetrack. And in the morning, we'll still be able to see Venus. Venus for a while. Venus will be in the morning sky till the end of May. Mm. So it's just, it's sinking lower, but it's going to be up there. It'll stick with us. So it'll stick with us through the rest of, even of Gregorian winter, which of course ends on March 21st. But it'll be Mars and Mercury that'll be hard to see. They're they're lost behind the sun right now. Excellent. On the great racetrack of Of the the sky. sky. Yes, our home. Our our cosmic home. Yes. Yes. Thanks so much, Eileen. It's always just a great time. Thanks. (laughs) And we'll see you in the spring. Yes. The Celtic Spring. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll in, be celebrating in spring. In four weeks. Yes. 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 <laughs> February 1st. Yes. Excellent.
Music by Danny Thomas here in Canton. Time is coming up on 828 Northern Light here on North Country Public Radio. is supported by Guideboat Realty located in Saranac Lake where health, history, and the arts meet in the Adirondacks. Your guide to Adirondack real estate, guideboatrealty.com. Just wanted to remind you, yeah, the full moon hike is coming up on uh, Friday the 26th, this Friday night, 6.30 to 8.30. Bring your snowshoes or call ahead and rent a pair at the Paul Smith's College Vic. A full moon hike with naturalist Milt Adams, a walk in the woods, exploring winter tracks, listening for owls this time of year, and... uh, also checking out the night sky, uh, maybe that full moon will be visible. It's an Adirondack winter hike, Friday night, 6.30 to 8.30 at the Paul Smith's College Vic, uh, led by Milt Adams. And the full moon skis continue uh, this Saturday evening in Lake Placid at the Scotts Cobble Nordic Center. It's a full moon ski and bonfire starting at 6 o'clock. It's hosted, uh, it's hosted there. And there will be a free film show showing about an hour later uh, of the film This Is Telemark, about teleskiing. You can find out more uh, from, uh, from the Scotts Cobble Nordic Center or by calling 315-314-0166. Or maybe you want to do something indoors. Friday night, stop by the Whalensburg Grange for a community dance with Dan Duggan calling the dance. Live music by High on the Hog. That's happening at the Whalensburg Grange community da- uh, dance at the Grange Hall there in Whalensburg Friday night starting at 7 o'clock. And as we head back into Morning Edition, thinking about news, voters in New Hampshire are gearing up and casting their primary votes, but Democrats won't see the incumbent President Biden on their ballot. What does it all mean for the 2024 race? You can listen tonight as soon as the polls close at 7 o'clock for live special coverage of the New Hampshire Democratic and Republican primaries from NPR News. That's right here on North Country Public Radio. I'm Monica Sandreski. And I'm Todd Moe. Thanks for listening. Be well.